guys. It's us again. It is us. Thank you so much for tuning in to The Broke Philanthropist. I'm Anna. And I'm Zay. And we are kind of going over a topic that we talked about in our last podcast um, that we just kind of took way too much time talking about, so we figured we needed to make it into its own episode. And the topic is... Feminism. <laughs> Again. So, this is, yeah, this is the part two. And, um, part two. Is that how you say it? Deux or deux? Deux. De? Dos. Just say it. Okay. We're not Dos. French. We're just... So, yeah. Um, going back to whatever we were talking about. Yeah. Because now I'm, like, sidetracked. So, well, it spun out... Okay. So, our last topic, we talked about politics. We talked a little bit about pop, pop culture, PC culture, which kind of led us into feminism. And then Izzy told us a little story which kind of took us off to a different path mm-hmm. about um, a young girl asking you about having kids. Yes. So I was doing makeup on this lady and um, this girl that happened to be there, she was asking my other friend questions about me and um, it really caught me off guard because, you know, she asked if I was married and, um, and mind you, this is me, a fifth grader. And she asked if I was married, and then she asked if I had kids. And my friend said, no, she doesn't. And she's like, no, no kids. What? What? What is this? It baffled me because at that age, you know, when I was her age, I wasn't really, I didn't care who was pregnant. You know, (laughs) I'm not going to ask some random person, oh, is she married? Is she this? Is she that? You know, I I didn't, you know, that was like the least of my worries. Um, So I think that girls definitely and especially when they're coming from like a hispanic background um you know having kids and being married yes that's all good and everything but uh, make sure that your education comes first and make sure that you're stable and you're financially stable um and then all that good stuff comes in the end but um i think the parents really do have an impact and influence on their thinking as well Mm-hmm. So, or maybe they just watch too many telenovelas. I don't know. <laughs> and it's telenovelas, just... so like you end up having a kid and you think it's this guy's, but it's really like that guy's cousin's uncle's twice removed stepdad. Yeah. I don't know. It's crazy. And I'm just like, oh my God. But uh, yeah, um, just I wish we advocated a little bit more in rural areas. Um, you know, Do you think... Um, I was just kind of looking up some articles, but I think, well, what I'm saying, do you think, I disagree with this, but some people seem to think that having a child is almost like anti-feminist, that if you become a mother, it's, it's anti-feminist, but I completely disagree with that. I don't think that makes any sense whatsoever. Because, um, and like you said, we're all equal. And if you choose to have a child, that doesn't make you less than a feminist or, you know, anything. You're, you're giving life, you're giving life to something, to someone that you can influence. You're basically raised, okay, you've created life. Yes. You're raising this life along with trying to deal with your life and everything that comes with that. And that's hard. So it's And it's really hard. And, um... There's amazing mothers that are doing, you know, they are doing everything for their child. And I totally, like I said, I condemn them for that because, I 
mean, I couldn't imagine. Condone them. Condone them. Sorry, condemned. <laughs> Evil. <laughs> um, sorry. Um, wrong use of vocabulary. Um, so I, I, I salute to them. But I, for me, I really need to know who I am as a person in order for me to pass that knowledge down to my child. Right. But then I also disagree with people who say that feminists are the ones who don't want to have babies. I completely disagree with that too. I think it's just any random woman that you go and pick out on the street could say, yeah, I want a kid. Another may say, no, I don't want one. And honestly, Mm -hmm. it's personal preference. It really doesn't come down to, in my opinion, it doesn't come down to those particular things because I don't want children now. Eventually, sure, but not right now. But that doesn't make me... It doesn't make me a bad person. No. It doesn't make us any less of people because we don't have children. I mean, I don't even know if I want to have children at this point. Um, It's just the world right now is just so scary. And I'm the type of person that I am a little bit, how do you, how do, how should I put this? Oh, I wish I could find the word. Hmm. My God, I can't think of the word. I, I, I just feel like I would be a little bit. <sighs> this is gonna take me forever to think. About. <laughs> what are you trying to say? I don't I'm know what you're to trying to out, say. Um... Okay, well, all right. While well, you think, think of these things, okay, go ahead. Um. Oh, look! I found this meme. Okay, so um, it would feel a little bit too motherly, I guess too too protective. Okay, see, that's the word I was looking for, and it took me forever. I'm a little bit too protective, and I don't want to be protective. I want to know that I can, like, send my kid walking down the street, and hopefully he comes back alive when he gets back. So, mm-hmm. and um, in today's society, everyone, you know, when I was growing up, it was just like, you know, we played outside till, you know, 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock at night, and then that's when, you know, people, uh, I guess, uh, child services were really adamant about us being inside before like, uh, the, the streetlights came on. Mm-hmm. So, but you know, it was a really good childhood for me. I was able to experience that type of stuff. And, um, I have a little, I have a younger brother and I don't, th- and unfortunately he wasn't able to experience that. And I mean, I don't think it even phases him. You know, he has, um, computer technology and he loves all that. And, um, so, like I said, I don't think it really bothers him because he socializes at, you know, at his after-school program as well as school. But, um... So you feel like it's just not safe to have kids right now? <laughs> not right now. I, that's just me. And you know what? I feel like social media kind of makes it even worse because it's like every, like every day something's happening and I'm just like, oh my God, like I would have an anxiety attack and, you know, yeah, school shootings and it is you know, a lot. So it's a lot, it's a lot of stress. And, um, I don't think I, um, am ready for that. <laughs> well, I think like, and that's what I was saying earlier. Everybody has their personal reasons for why they do or don't want children. And I think that that's the part that needs to be respected. Like we can't just say, oh, well, she is a feminist. She doesn't want kids. I think that. Because of how everything is nowadays, too, like diversity is also very important. Definitely. Um, I'm trying to look. I was, came across this article on um, Philly Printworks. Mm-hmm. 
and let me see if I can find it. I'm so unprepared. This was like impromptu. It was yes. just because we kept talking about the same topic. But um, okay. So while you look that up, I was harping on the last podcast about how people were upset that there was another lady that's possibly a lead in a Star Wars film. And I do have to say that when I was younger, I I don't know if you grew up this way too, but well, you had, you're a big Sailor Moon fan, but I was a huge Batman, Spider-Man person. Like they were my, my guys. I watched them all the time. The Ninja Turtles, um, Transformers, I always watched these cartoons, and I loved them. But the girls that existed in these, in Batman, for example, the animated series, were usually the villains, and they were all I had to really relate to. So finally, when you have comic books like you do nowadays, where you have female leads that are not just female, Mm -hmm. they're also diverse in culture, ethnicity, you name it, sexuality, everything. Um, It's kind of a really cool thing to see. And I haven't heard anything negative. I mean, I'm sure there's something, but I haven't heard anything negative. But like the new Miss Marvel comics, they're great. The new Young Avengers comics, they're great. And they're all incredibly diverse. And I just love that. I think I just had to say that. Yeah. um, You know, I have an older brother and he's into Batman Batman, Spider-Man, Superman, and Gargoyles, even though it's like... Gargoyles? Yes. Gargoyles. um, You know, I never really grew up, like, like reading the comics or anything. I mean, I would read the movies, and I really liked it. It was was awesome. Um, Sailor Moon, at that point, was very... um, Like I said before in this podcast, that it didn't, like, really save my life. And I owe everything to Sailor Moon, so... I hope to do a cosplay in the future. Yay! Um, but yeah, I think that um, you know we need more diversity. Whether it's women with being a, you know women in being a, a lead role or a, from a different you know ethnic background, I think that's all good. You know, we're coming at that age where we need that. And because it's deserved. It's not just, like, a pity no. handout. Like, oh, well, you know, you wanted to be this person, so here you Like, no. Like, it's deserved. Yeah. And a lot of the the ladies in these, like, one of my new favorites is Miss America Chavez, who is in the Young Avengers. She's, seems Latina. I really don't know what her real ethnic background is, but she's <laughs> Latina. She speaks Spanish, and she says random Spanish stuff. So I'm assuming she's Latina. Um, But she's kind of amazing. Um, She kicks butt. And I feel like you don't really see that. I didn't see that growing up. No. I never saw that. And so I just assumed that most girls end up being Harley Quinn or Poison Ivy or Catwoman. And, I mean, I love them. I still do. But it just kind of wasn't fair that they weren't the the good guys. You know, they were the bad guys. Yeah. Yeah. did you find your article? Oh my god, I wish I could find it. <laughs> this is a What was it about? What was it about? So, um this woman, oh my god, my my computer shut off. How? All right, so it was the Philly um her name is Prisca Dorcas Mojica Rodriguez. Um she is from Miami and her parents are from Nicaragua. 
Um, I came across her uh, article on the Philly Printworks, I believe it was. And uh, she's on the Huffington Post for anybody who wants to look her up. Yes. So I wish I could. I should have liked. Is this, is she the one that wrote about skin color? Yes. Okay. Um, let's see if I could. It has something to do, I forget what it was called, but basically, um, what she wrote, she's very well, um, this was really well written, and she was discussing that, um, she's brown, and, um, her mother is light, and, you know, being brown and being a woman has, like, a negative connotation or a stigma of some sort, and, you know, her mother would always tell her, you know, don't go out, don't go out in the sun, don't go out, don't go out in the sun. And she never knew why, but then come and find out, you know, it's just that it's a taboo kind of for a woman, of, you know, a Latina woman to be dark. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she was like, you know, as she grew older, she's like, I don't care. Like, I want to be in the sun. I want to um, embrace my skin color. And, I mean, it was a really nice, it was really awesome Um um, narration, and um, I wish I could look it up. I, I forget what it was called. Is um, it growing up brown? No, stain? no. It, I know it's um. It was a really awesome live research right now. My um, stomach. Did anybody else hear that? <laughs> oh my god. Um, no, but so like what you were saying, I think that for, and I think this this happens in most cultures, except for the American culture, surprisingly. Yes. It happens backwards here. Girls, Anglo Anglo women that are fair, pale skin tend to try to be darker. But in other countries, we tend to try to be lighter. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Anyway, so grass is always greener. But and yeah, it's a um, it's difficult because. In a sense, you know, growing up, I was called by my other family, like, Prieta and Darky. Darky? Yes. And I'm like, okay, guys. Well, see, at that time, I really didn't think of it as much. And then after a while, you're like, it's kind of like, why did they call me that? Well, see, and then I guess the projection off of that in school, now we're talking about bullying. No, but in school, I would get called Werita, which is like, you know, Blondie. Because I'm lighter skin. I mean, I'm not like, I don't know. But I'm just, I'm lighter skin than I guess most yeah. Mexicans that were around at that point. Because I'm pretty much the same color as some of my aunts. And they're Mexican and they live in Mexico. So I really don't know where this was coming from. But it's it's skin color. Skin color is really a big debate for some weird reason. And I think novelas are a good indicator <laughs> of, you know, what... People expect Latino women to Latinos expect Latino women to look like, and usually they look they have the very European type features like yes. they do in in the Bollywood films. They also have, you know, the quote unquote beautiful women tend to have the plastic surgeries, the skin discolorations, the the contacts, you know, to look more European. And I just I think that's so sad because we tend to lose our culture in that. Yeah, and identity because. Um, we all come in different, 
And we all know we're all different, you know, colors, shapes, sizes. And I just wish they portrayed that more in telenovelas and, and um, even in American television. Yeah, and I mean, not to just say that it's women because they do that with men. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, most of the good-looking men that you're going to find on these telenovelas are actually European. They're European-Mexican. Blonde hair, blue eyes, you know, that bronzy tan skin. But somehow it's okay for the guys to be dark. Have you noticed that? Oh, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, oh, well, it's a certain extent, but it, it's like, um, like uh, for instance, Edgar, my husband, he is, um, you can tell that he is, I don't know, he is, his family is, is um, they're from Oaxaca, Mexico. And, um, you know, they, they have like the indigenous look going on. And for him, um, you know, it didn't phase him. I mean, I will say that, you know, he did mention that, I don't know if I'd be saying this, but I'm just giving a quick synopsis that, um, for a while it did bother him, but now he's like, you know what? I don't care. Like I am who I am. This is my culture. This is my identity. And I love that mm-hmm. because he there he has no filter. He has no filter, and I love that because he doesn't really give a fuck. <laughs> and um, for me, that really attracts me about him. And I feel the same way about myself. My mother, she's lighter as opposed to my my father, who's you know darker. So um, I I love my color. I love the tan that I'm in, and I just want all girls and boys to. Be, feel comfortable in their own as well. So I think that the only way to actually get that mentality that, you know, whiter or lighter is better is to really have them love themselves first. And it's really important to do that at a young age. I think it also comes with respecting each other. Mm-hmm. Because if, you know, you're constantly being made fun of because you're too light or you're too dark or your hair's too this or your hair's too that or you know like those the physical things that are in a way materialistic they're a little shallow making fun of people or pointing out something about them that just looks different you know and stopping that we can kind of pretty much stop feeling bad about ourselves because if people weren't always harping on well not now but as a younger person people were always harping on me for being a light colored Mexican because they were all darker. I felt bad. I didn't feel Mexican enough for them. I didn't feel like I belonged. So it's, and then, and then to top it off, like my friends, my, my American white friends were always like, Oh, you're so tan. It's so pretty. And I'm like, well, where do I fit in? Am I tan? Am I white? Where am I? So, I mean, it's, it's in trying to find your identity and it's in trying to be nice to other people and, you know, maybe help them find their identity as opposed to making fun of it. Yeah, bringing them down. And so I just looked up the article um, and the narration, like I said before, her name is Risca Dors, I don't know if that's Dorcas or Dorsas, Mujica Rodriguez, and the title of this, I mean, it's not a narration, uh, is The Politics of Pigmentation. Hmm. And I really like it. I really enjoyed um, this, this post. I should just say it's a post. And um, 
it sheds some light, like I said before, about the color of the skin and the Hispanic culture. So I think more positivity to all women of all color. And yeah. Did you guys know there's a feminist therapy? No. It's a, a theory. Um, excuse me. It's a set of related therapies arising from the disparity, disparity between the origin of most psychological theories and the majority of people seeking counseling being female. So basically what happened was that all of like the fathers of therapy were just that. They were males. And how is your average, most of them were white. The majority of them were. So how is your average white male going to understand a woman? And then if you turn that into a woman who's of a different culture, like, how do you know anything about me? You don't know anything about women, let alone a woman of a different country or of a different culture. So feminist therapy is really, um, it's not just for women, but it's, it's, it opens itself up to be more of a pleasant experience, a therapeutic experience for a woman. Um, and also men who have that open mind and are probably like of different cultures, that would probably be really cool as well. And for, um, I don't know, just like the whole process. You guys have to look it up. You have to look yeah. it up. Is it's really great. Is there available like in this area or... Is there anything available in this area? <laughs> I know. I should, I should. <laughs> well... Feminist therapy is like um, it's like a a certain practice. It would be like cognitive behavioral therapy. So you would just have to look for a therapist that specializes okay. within a certain type know, of therapist. Like in this, like not in Delaware, but you know, like anything, New Jersey, New York, or I don't know. I think if you if you go to a therapist, you could ask them if they're specialized okay. or if they if there's like a database. I don't think there's a database for feminist yeah. therapy. Okay. Yeah, but it's really interesting. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I think that pretty much sums up. Oh, and by the way, when I said condemned, I meant commend. <laughs> yeah, we corrected that. You said condoned. Oh, okay. Okay, so I was like, wait a minute. I, it was somewhere along those lines, but oh well. So, um, yeah. Um... Yeah, so we corrected that now. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I guess that's it. It's like almost 10 p.m. in our world. We hope it's not 10 p.m. in your world. So, so yeah. we'll have many. And, oh, also, I did want to, I knew this is kind of get, um, off topic, but from our last podcast, I mentioned how I went to um, the Trump rally in Berlin, Maryland. And the girl who was in charge of everything, and um, her name is Gabriella Franks. She's an 17-year-old senior at one, I forget the school, but it's somewhere in Berlin. And I was just such an awe because uh, she, uh, how do you just say, she, um, she did this. I guess she did the event. She put it together. She put it together, and I was just like, wow, like, that's amazing, and um, I would love to interview her one of these days. I hope she's listening. <laughs> but um, we'll definitely Send have us a like, message yeah. on Facebook. <laughs> um, you know, we want to have you know future um, guests on our show. 
So we'll definitely keep everyone updated. And if anybody knows of any awesome people that should be interviewed and that can contribute to a very specific topic or just a broad generalized topic. I don't know why I said very specific. But um, (laughs) anyone that can just contribute to our show that you would love to listen to, let us know. Send us a message, a comment, something. So you can find us on Facebook at The Broke Philanthropists. As well as IG, the Burke Philanthropists. And Twitter at the BRK Phil. <laughs> yeah, so send us some comments and feedbacks and tell us how you liked the show, yeah. what you didn't like, and um, just don't just be just be nice about it. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> or email us. I forgot. We always forget yes. we have email. Uh, yes. Email broke philanthropists, not the. So it's just broke philanthropists at gmail.com we're so complicated I know. <laughs> one of these days i'm gonna have to like shorten it i do like the brk phil yeah but then also, people are like what yeah and then we have to like kind of break it down that's too much explaining yeah. but all anyway. right guys well i hope you guys have to enjoy the rest of your day or night or yeah day or night whatever right you're listening um, depending on where you are. So, um, tune yeah, in tuned. next time. <laughs> you just said that. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Bye, bye, guys. Bye.